Well, good evening to Christopher Gildelov. He is yeah. uh, he is an incredible bass player, musician. Oh, I first learned about him uh, with Pain of Salvation and Kayak and uh, Dial and all of his projects. He's toured with some great prog guys, and now he's about to release his fifth solo album in February. So please welcome Christopher. <sighs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have quite the career in front of you, and I really just want to have a discussion about all of this wonderful album. You have done an hour's worth of music that is the next level for your career. How did you get to uh, making Empty? Um, how, did I, how did I get there? Well, music just comes to me. So, it's. I mean, I have to do something with it. It's almost almost compulsive. <laughs> so um, it comes to me, and I make it, and I I always follow the music. So whenever the music's ready to come out, that's when it's ready to come out. So I, if I have an idea and I don't know what to do with it, I I record the idea that I have and I put it on my phone or in the studio wherever I am at the moment, and then I'll listen back a little bit later or. If I need more music or new ideas or whatever, I just go through my phone like, okay, what what do I have? Um, and maybe I get inspired to, you know, com- to continue on that one idea uh, until it, you know, once again it stops and then I put it away again. And uh, this was actually supposed to be my third album. And back in 1919, I started recording it. Oh, wow. And uh, I started making the music in, I think, like 18. I pr- and, you know, probably had some older ideas before that even. Mm-hmm. And when I started making it, I had so much material, but I noticed it was kind of all over the place. So I had a lot of uh, acoustic songs that were more like, um, yeah, more mellow. And uh, finally, I kind of figure out like this is not one album this is two albums two different kind of sets right because you were recording I, I, homebound right and this was just like music that didn't really exactly, fit that exactly yeah i i so the one with the the softer songs the more acoustic songs mm-hmm. became homebound and that album was ready before this one more like lyric wise like it came together quicker than mt did so I came up with the idea, like, let's record let's record them both. Let's start with both of them. Because, you know, especially if you do drums, um, you have to get a studio, you have to get drummers, you have to get everything going. So I actually recorded the drums for Homebound and Empty at the same time. Oh, wow. And, and then I kind of put Empty, you know, on the shelf. And I said, okay, Homebound is almost ready. Let's get that one going and release Homebound early 2020 and have Empty ready for the fall of 2020. Then, of course, uh, the whole pandemic shit started. Right. And we hardly, you know, just were just able to release Homebound somewhere. Like finding, you know, because the, the, the mail system, everything was locked on a lockdown for a while. I don't know if you remember that, but especially in Europe, like in, in May, you can mail anything. So it was completely impossible to promote an album. Right. So we just like, okay, uh, empty's not going to happen because I, I can't, you know, I can't finish the, the, the recordings because I had, I needed extra musicians to come and help out, you know? Uh, so 
everything just went back in the in the fridge and we focused on homebound getting that out which worked pretty good because venues kind of a little bit open up in 2021 but like with a seated audience of 30 40 people like in the really small pieces mm-hmm. and homebound worked very well for that so i could play acoustic gigs that worked pretty good but uh empty was kind of it was kind of locked out it was uh, right and you even <laughs> released another album during the pandemic let me be a ghost came out between all of this so you had other yeah. things that had to get out <laughs> yeah I, I yeah that's you know that's i said that's that's how i work you know I, I couldn't continue with empty and i was kind of struggling for a while about the theme and the lyrics like where did i want to take this album and right I, I couldn't get, I had new ideas for new songs and uh, I wanted to add them to empty. And uh, um, then I, you know, I, I always write music everywhere I am. There's always something going on in my head. So uh, let me be a ghost kind of jumped into my head and the theme was pretty clear and it was supposed to be like an EP, just something small for in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started working with that and, and doing as much as possible myself. So I think I, I was one guitar solo. I had uh, another guy recorded at home because no one could join me in the studio. Right. Uh, I had a friend who had his own kind of studio on the countryside who could help me out with drums. And then I did everything on my own. So that's uh, even, you know, even the artwork. That's where I started making my own artwork. Uh, well, that was going to be the next question, because I know as a as someone working on solo music, you want to be involved in all aspects, but that's not always mm-hmm. the case. But in your case, you wrote the music, you produced it, you recorded it, you mixed it, you did the cover art, the booklet design, and wrote the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Other than a few musical parts, I think you did just about everything possible on the album, correct? <laughs> I did. Uh, I definitely want to give credit to the mastering studio, because... I've, I've had the same guy doing our mastering since Dial, as you mentioned earlier as well. Uh, it's a Dutch guy who is really, really helpful. Fine-tune mastering. Exactly, because yeah. I'm what, what we do is I make a mix, a first mix, and I'm always really like, oh, is this good, is this good? So we're always bouncing back and forth, and we'll make three, three mixes back together and he listens to the music completely differently than than i do because he's really good at uh, you know the 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 decibels and compression right equalizing and he can come back with me he's like you know that part of that song if you if you lower the guitar with one db on that part and then you boost 300 kilohertz there uh, it will fall better into the mix. And I'm like, you're crazy. And then I do it, and it just sounds better. And it's like, what the heck happened? I know, those guys, frequencies and such. Yeah. So uh, that is always very helpful. And, uh, of course, um, a good friend of mine who's a photographer who took the photos, because I, I didn't, I just put the artwork together. If, mm-hmm. if you can down with, uh, give it up a bit, bit more of a low key. Um, he's a great photographer and he sent me the, the front cover photo and it's like, I took this photo and I thought about your music and this was just when Let Me Be a Ghost was out. Right. And I'm like, dude, that's the front cover of my next album. Because I was in my head, it's like, I have no idea what to do with the artwork. Like, I don't know where to go with this. And that just 
felt perfectly with the music and the musical, uh, the, the lyrical concept and everything. But like, now you're having I a hard that. time with that artwork on Facebook, are you not? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand how a computer can look at it and go, hmm, that's probably, I don't know. Black. It, it, if I have only the artwork, it's okay. If I have it next to my face... I don't know if it thinks like it's it's uh, a human body with a big hole in it or something. I don't know. It's when it's I looked at it this weird. morning on Facebook, it was covered and said it was something about violence, and I'm like, really? Yeah. It's an album cover. It's and it's a third time, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, our smart computers are <laughs> doing it again. Maybe maybe too smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, it's and listen, I got the album's not going to be out till February. We're recording this in December. Um, I got to listen to the whole album, and it's really good. I mean, it it took oh, me wow. to another place, and I really enjoyed it. I I don't want to get. I know this is going to be a musical surprise for some people, so I don't want to spoil anything. But <laughs> but that first track. Like mm -hmm. it, it's mellow and you've got a lot of effects and stuff. And then it gets really bombastic just for the guitar solo. Like yeah. what was the, I mean, cause I love that. That that's a perfect, it's only like a three minute song to open up the album, three and a half minutes, but mm -hmm. that was stunning. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that, well, that was one of the, that one and uh, down we go were the two new songs mm -hmm. that are recorded this year that were on the, original recordings from 1919 and um i've been playing around with that guitar riff and kind of more like looking like uh, more looking at the guitar like how how can i play the guitar and how can i find the sounds like this this especially when it all starts up with the guitar solo it's mm -hmm. it's I'm, I'm i'm looking for that kind of Jimi hendrix ish kind of sound to it the the fast tone and the the grittiness from from you know the back in the 70s and um i know we had a, a gig a year ago and we were kind of one song short so that's when i kind of like can we do something with it i didn't have any lyrics or melody or anything i just had that that solar riff like what uh -huh. can we do with this and it didn't work out but the idea kind of kept in my head it's like i have to, I have to make a song out of this so it kind of came really quick and uh, um, yeah, turn into this. As I said, the music is is in lead when it comes to my music making. So I just kind of follow it and have to go with with the, f the flow of the music itself. Like where where do you want to take me, and what do you want? What kind of lyrics do you want me to write on top of this? I think the best music does that, and your album does that. It takes me on a journey. I just put this on. I turn down the lights. I don't often have, and most people I know don't often have time to just sit down for an hour and just listen to an album. Don't pick up my phone. Don't play with the dogs. Don't do anything else, right? Um, but I did, and I really enjoyed the experience, this journey that you took me on. Do you have a favorite song on this record? Because to me, it's all kind of like one project but i know you worked on the songs individually so what's one of your favorites um one song that i've kind of i don't know why but it's black and white kind of stuck with me in mm -hmm. um the idea and the production and the sounds that i came up with and i what was kind of hard was because there's um the demo i, I always make like a demo i call it i demo like uh, I idea and a demo at at once nice i never really make a, a demo like hey this is my album this is my song it always starts like this is an idea this is the rough thing and humming the you know something through there and like, okay this 
this is where it starts. And it was so good. Like the 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 feel of it. It's like how am I gonna reproduce uh, the the feeling that came out of the demo version mm-hmm. into the actual recording. So it, it took a lot of time to kind of remake uh, remake mistakes. You know, the the all the kind of hissiness and bad noises and you know things you normally don't want to go on there. Right. Uh, like how can I put them all back there and make it sound good? And uh, um, yeah, so. I really like it. It's actually lyrical-wise the one that's further away from the rest of the the songs, right? Because it's it's my kind of um, how do you say it? it's it's a uh, it's a homage to um, you know the big old stars, mm-hmm. you know the, the the ones who were big back in the black and white era, uh, and this song was actually sort of supposed to be on Homebound. But it didn't make it. It was a little bit off for that album, so I saved it for for empty and and uh, kind of always stuck with me. I like that kind of nostalgic feel to it, and I always had this idea of making a video with old clips from you know all the all the old guys, if I can say that that way. <laughs> so maybe this is going to be one of the singles off the album, perhaps. Not as it looks now, because. If, um, if if it's gonna be single, I want the, I, I want the video, and if I want right. this video, which I really want to make, I want to make it right. So I've had it. I, I don't know if you know how uh, Homebound was sold with. Uh, you could pay like a, a special edition with a DVD, mm-hmm. uh, which was like um, music videos for all songs of the whole album. Which was awesome. Uh, yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. But I'm sure. Yeah, I was I was sitting till five o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how to make a menu. That was just awful. <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> I can only it, imagine. I, there, there's a big mistake in there as well. Just because of that, one of the songs cut short for <gasps> I think fourteen seconds or something like that. Like, oh, <laughs> I was already pressed, depressed. <laughs> well, but can- uh, yeah, I, I have this great idea, which is in a way very simple but you have to make it work and you have copyrights and all that stuff like if you want the old moving video pictures of you know everyone from Marilyn Monroe to Martin Luther King to the Beatles you know all of those people we know from the black and white times who are you know the big stars in in music or theater or film or whatever uh, I want them all in there one way or another and there's a lot of copyright problem going on there. Oh yeah. But, but maybe one day I I'll pick it up. I think that would be great. And and you have it all formed out in your head. So all we gotta do is find the money to do it and the people to, to work on it with you, I think. Yeah, and I'm I mean I'm always very visual. So I it, it's sometimes like yeah I always think about music almost like a, a like a soundtrack. Like there's a there's a video going on in my head. Like there's a story to every song. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the you know the lyrics is telling some kind of story, and I I see that story like a film in my head. So for almost every song that I have, there's like a music video going on in my head. And you that yeah. probably helps with like the booklet design you did because you kind of see it. I hope so. That <laughs> I, it was, this, this booklet design was actually to 
um, to very much leave it to the listener or to the to the viewer or you know the people going through the artwork mm -hmm. and, and they could put into it whatever they want. So it's very abstract, but you can see different details and you know whatever fits you and whatever you want to put in it. Uh, I want you to put in it. I get a lot of questions like, "What? What is it on the front cover? What is that?" And like, I'm not going to say it because it's what you I, think I, it is. It is what you think it is, and I want you to have that magic. And even if it, you're very curious, um, you know, keep that magic. And so I, I was so special. What What do you see in it? Well, I see a little bit of this, and I see a little bit. And that's great. <laughs> that's that's you know, now, mission accomplished. That's what I want. You called the album Empty. The last song on the album is almost 10 minutes long. It's called Empty, but this album's anything but empty. It's full of all sorts of musical ideas. Why did you call it Empty? Well, um, because of the last song. Um, well, it, it has to do with it, with the storyline. It's, it's mm -hmm. not a... It's a um, I don't write concept albums. Well, The Rain was kind of a concept album, but the rest of con uh, my albums are not uh, concept albums, as you know, with a storyline from the first song to the last song with maybe dialogues or... Characters or and all that, characters, right? stuff like that. <laughs> and, um, it's not, but it is... Every album has a theme to it. So it's... Every album is, is differently. They feel differently. The artwork is differently. Uh, a different sorry <laughs> but um so there's there's a red thread going throughout the whole album and you every song sticks together and has something to do with each other and um it's yeah i, I could have you know i could have called the album something different but the whole concept started kind of with the song empty and kind of with the first album rusts which also had the last song called Rust. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like the big epic song that where everything kind of comes to at the end. Like you've had it's, you had the story, you have all these different um, inputs and, and feelings passed through uh, the whole album where you're listening, and then this is where you get to. And this song, is, of course, the last song is, is about the you know, the creator of it all looking down and just kind of wondering like, I, okay, this didn't work out. I could try once again, see if I get a better result, but right. seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm empty. I've, I've done it so many times. It never works out. I'm, I'm, I don't feel the, the energy or creativity to, to start it again. So I'm, I'm empty. So it kind of comes back to that bit. Yeah. Wow. That so, sounded a little more depressing than what I got out of the yeah. album. But you know. well, well, let, me, let me change it then. What did you see? What did you think about the title empty? I really did enjoy listening to the album. It's going to go into my collection of something I just listen to all the time because it, I really oh. do like it. I'm not, you know. Anyway, um, I read a story about you when you started music, and I had to laugh because it's the same story I had. When you started playing music, you wanted to be a drummer. And there were too many drummers because when I wanted, when I started middle school, I wanted to be a drummer. And the music director said, no, there's too many drummers. Pick something else. And I picked yeah. trumpet and I became a trumpet player. Is that how you became oh. a bass player? Yes, yeah, sort of. Um, there was a, 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 like a rehearsal room at school. 
like in, in the in the breaks you could mm-hmm. sign up and you can play there for I don't know twenty minutes or if you had a longer break you can uh, or or after school you could stay and you kind of have to sign up every week and so we just started out with like two classmates sometimes three and we're like okay what we're we gonna do so you know this was early nineties so you had Metallica's Black Album you right. had Guns N' Roses coming and you had uh, Nirvana just kicking off the whole grunge part with, um, you know, with uh, uh, Alice in Chains, whatever, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we started off with that, but I also, next to that, got the whole kind of, I, I don't know how I missed it before because my, fa- my, my parents come from that, like the whole flower power part. Uh-huh. So uh, the whole Jimi Hendrix part, the Who, all of those bands kicked in kind of at the same time. Um, and my brother, of course, from Pain of Salvation, who's five years older, uh, he had was much more into the progressive hard rocks. So I knew the, you know, the Queen Strikes and the, the, uh, the dream theaters and all of that kind of sure. stuff. So it was, I got everything at once coming at me. And when it came to hard rock and metal, we, we, you know, we played the Metallicas and then I played drums. I really wanted to play drums, you know. We, <laughs> so you did. <laughs> yeah, we we slaughtered. They had like two broken drum kits. So we slaughtered those drum kits, make a double bass drum kit with four toms <laughs> and everything. And like we played, we played uh, "Ride the Lightning" in front of the whole school. Yeah. Like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and the drum kit fell apart because they didn't have a proper stage. Everything was moving, you know. That that was the metal part, and I really loved it. And you can really. Ah, play, play the drums, and just like you said, I we we called in the music schools. Like, I want to take lessons, become a better drummer, and they're like, "Sorry, everyone wants to be a drummer. Everybody so don't have any teachers left. Sorry." <laughs> but at the same time, we had like a almost like a second band, and that was more into the you know, uh, we had we had a great music teacher. It's like I'm gonna teach you a song, and the first song I played on bass. Was Hey Joe by Jimi Hendrix with that great bass line, you know? And I got home and I was like, Mom, you know, I played bass today and we played Jimmy. I've never heard of this guy who's Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. And she told me all about it because she had met Jimi Hendrix back oh. in, the, in the 60s. And my father was, I mean, that's when I kind of figured out my father was a promoter back in the days. Like, yeah, we met the Who and Simon and Garfunkel and the Hepstars and, you know, all of them. It's like, and your head exploded. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like, wow, music. Before that, I wasn't, I knew my, my brother played music and I played piano for six years, but it was more classical and it's like almost like mandatory. You have to play music. And, and this is when I really like, hey, music. This is where it is. I wanted to become a scientist before that, and I was like, "Fuck that!" I'm gonna become. A <laughs> now I understand what my brother's doing. You know, right? The the the, the quarter fell into the machine. Said, "Ching ching!" Like, ah, and got it, it all clicked. Nice. And it all clicked. Yeah. Well, now here we are, like three plus decades later, and you play most of the instruments. I know you play most of the <laughs> instruments on the new album, but you did get a few drummers in there, didn't you? I did three of them. <laughs> well, that's, not had, all at the uh, same time, though. Not well. Actually, on one song, there are two drummers at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it was it was great. Um, so I started recording 
1990. We were 19, 1990. Right. 1990. Now I'm, I'm 2019. Here I am. Uh, <laughs> now we're here. <laughs> 2019. I, we recorded uh, both albums. So Homebound and uh, MT. I recorded mm -hmm. drums. And, um, I have two really good friend drummers, and one comes from the like a pop jazz fusion scene, who's like really dynamic and groovy, and the other one is comes from the metal scene, so he's really straight on, like does everything on the clock, really really tight, mm -hmm. and there's that are two completely different ways of drumming. So I had already kind of involved both of them. Like, I want you to play this song because it have to be really tight. Like, uh, second to last song is saturated. It's like it's like really almost like a drum machine. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't play. You have to play exactly on the click to make it work. Otherwise, the whole song is just going to sound saggy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had some other songs like Black and White, as I said, uh, which is much more delicate you know it has to be the small details and more like groovy and come you know move a little back um, move a bit you know before the tempo or after the tempo kind of be more dynamic in that way so i had already engaged two different drummers to do di two different things and then i added two more songs and um kind of got in a problem with time Mm. to get things done so neither of these two drummers were available but i had a good friend um as i said who, who also helped me out on let me be a ghost who has mm. his own drum kit i mean he's a, he's a drummer he's always a multi-instrumentalist bass player guitarist he plays guitar with me now live uh for the for the upcoming live shows mm -hmm. and it's like Shit, can, can you please just record a couple of songs for me uh, for the new album I and mean, when you have a studio you can just you know press rec and do it it's like yeah, sure so that's how i ended up with a third drummer and uh, he also does the the hammond organ mm -hmm. on the on the uh on the album it's like a really great um uh, talented guy and he did um that's the uh following it down he recorded the drums and again there was kind of like a, a drum where you kind of have to be a little bit on the click like has to has to work um, or it just doesn't feel it, right it yeah it didn't it didn't really work i was like shit how am i gonna do that so i called the other drummer the the one i said the, the hard rock metal drummer dirk right it's like can is there any and he had just started building his own studio at home Ugh. and he's like i don't know if if the the sound quality is going to be good enough it's like we just just make i know you can Record it in a way. Can you just record it, see if it works? And so it did. And I got his drums and I put them into my studio and I started mixing them. Mm -hmm. And 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 sure enough, like the 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 bass drum was bleeding into the snare and a little yeah. bit back and forth. It's like, oh, how's this gonna work? So I started uh, sampling the drums to get them cleaner so I could mix it. Mm -hmm. And then I was kind of going back and forth between the two drums. Like, do I like these drums better? Do you like these drums better? Because he was like really tight. Uh, and the other one was less tight, but had more like a groove in it. It's like, okay, we don't want to lose the groove. It doesn't have to be 
two type. And I was in like in between both of them. And that's when I kind of unmuted both drum kits and was like, wow, this sounds good. It's like, let's keep this on the album. So there's two drum kits playing at the same time. And that works perfectly because one is just really groovy and the other one is really tight. Isn't it wonderful kind of, how things like that come together in the studio? I love that. I really love that. And I, I love that, especially, you know, like the old 60s, 70s, if you think about Queen or whatever, who, and, and Jimi Hendrix, of course, uh, who kind of invented so much stuff in the studio. Like, I have an idea in my head. Let's continue to find something that works. That kind of no boundaries way of thinking. I just love it. Well, I'm glad it all worked out. You have a fantabulous album coming on February the 8th. Thank you. <laughs> it really came together. It's it's a it's it's quite a musical work, my friend. Thank you very much. I I never know how people will react to new music. So, uh Well, like you said, as an artist, you get these things in your head and you've just got to get them out. So, I think the best artists yeah. do you you do what you have to do and hopefully people like it and if they don't, well, you still have to do what you do, right? Yeah, definitely, and, and, and yeah, especially you have to kind of this. I've been working for this with this one since uh, 2018, and after a while, you kind of you really have to get it out of your system because it kind of <laughs> it kind of hangs around. You're like, I want to you know make new music, but you have to finish this one first. It's kind of like you have to eat all all the food on your plate before you eat you know the next dish or whatever or dessert. <laughs> Maybe next album will be dessert. I'm, that's a good idea for an album, I think. <laughs> well, Christopher Gildenauv, his new album, Empty. It'll be out on February the 8th. You'll hear tracks on my radio station. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us tonight for you. <laughs> thank you very much for taking the time. Much appreciated.